Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Principally, it kind of whittles down to a, a matter of control, really looking at who's got control over the, the work life of this individual. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Door Devil. You know, you know what? I need to mention Door Devil. I need to mention Door Devil to you. It's not just a want. It's a need because you need this. Door Devil quite simply defends your home against kick-in burglary attacks. They happen frequently. There are 1.4 million homes that are broken into every year, and a lot of them are done through kick-ins. If you've got a home security system, then props to you. I'm glad you've got that, and that's important. But it doesn't prevent the bad people from kicking in your door, whether it's your front door, your back door, your side door. You need something like the Door Devil, and Door Devil is the best in the business when it comes to providing proof that it works. You can go to doordevil.com and even watch a video with Terry Bradshaw talking about it, and you can see how it works. It's a very simple product to install, but if you're not into that, then you can just hire a handy person and they can they can install it for you. Very simple, put it inside the door frame of your front door, your back door, every door you have, and you can defend your home against the kick-in burglary attacks. It's needed. In addition, this is my brother's company, so it's near and dear to my heart. And because it's my brother's company, I'm able to offer you an exclusive discount because he was so kind to do so. You can go when you check out your uh, purchase at doordevil.com and there's going to be a little field. You enter the word best ever, no space, just one word, best, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R, and you'll get a 20% discount on your purchase. So go to doordevil.com, go buy it, enter best ever, and secure your home against kick-in burglary attacks. There are so many testimonials on the website. You can read them from police officers, from a woman who is being, uh, her house is being attacked from an enraged ex-husband, and the door devil defended that attack. Uh, He didn't get in. There's like 20 different testimonials from police officers on the door devil. Go buy it. Defend your home against burglary kick-in attacks. Go to doordevil.com and enter the word best ever whenever you check out and you'll get 20% off on your purchase. 
Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't talk about it. We only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. And today, well, first off, happy Saturday. I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. And we're going to, uh, because it's Saturday, we're going to have a special segment as we always do on Saturdays. And it's going to be situation. Saturday, where the situation is that we need to figure out as we expand our business if we're going to hire independent contractors or employees and kind of what are the implications when we do. So I thought it would be best to speak to an expert in this category. How you doing, Randy Coven? I'm doing great. Thanks, Joe. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Randy. He is a managing partner at Flagle Huber and Flagle, based in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's been with the firm for over 30 years, and he is well versed in this topic. And in fact, I ran across an article, I think on I think on LinkedIn, but I can't quite remember, where he talked about this topic and he or he wrote about this topic. So I it inspired the this show. So first, Randy, before we get going on this topic, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Uh, sure, uh, happy to. I've been, as, as you indicated, uh, uh, CPA and, and been with uh, Flagle Huber Flagel really my entire career. Um, uh, so now 31 years, partner with the firm for the last uh, 21 years or so. My background uh, from an industry perspective has actually been um, so so I think appropriate for for your show and your your best ever listeners. Um, uh, a pretty heavy focus on the real estate industry with uh, several large developers, uh, mostly on the multifamily uh, residential arena, but uh, but that's stretched across into um, commercial real estate and uh, retail and, and things such as that, uh, both on the uh, uh, audit accounting side as well as on the tax side and uh, heavy concentration in partnership and taxation issues and, and things such as that. And, and of course, uh, the, this topic for today that you're talking about uh, or we're talking about um, uh, certainly comes into play with um, a lot of what we do um, involved with uh, construction contractors uh, in particular. That's a, a heavy area there as far as uh, employment issues uh, related to that. And that, of course, comes into play in the real estate uh, arena quite a bit. So, um, you know, the firm, we deal with uh, with uh, businesses from anywhere from startup, uh, very small businesses uh, in a startup mode, uh, on up to, to large multinational companies, uh, four or 500 million in sales, entirely all um, privately held companies. We don't do any work for public companies, um, uh, but we do address some of those concerns uh, at, at some of the larger scale companies uh, with uh, our, our partner. We're a uh, affiliate of a uh, uh, national network of CPA firms, BDO, which is a national CPA firm. With the companies that you work with, and uh, let, let's go with the startup, because I imagine most of the best ever listeners are in the place where you know they've, they've got uh, a, a functioning company or they're aspiring to have a functioning real estate company, and they're looking to scale it. What should their thought process be whenever they're determining should I bring on an employee? Should I bring on an independent contractor? And what are the implications? It can go a lot of different directions, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to uh, hone in on a couple key areas. Really, the, the decision as far as uh, um, um, 
employees or contractors and, and that aspect of it, not entirely different from other decisions that a, that a startup business or a growing business would be concerned with. Um, and, and most of that would center around return on investment, you know, what, what that's going to cost, you know, whatever that decision might be, whether it's a piece of equipment or a person to do the work, you know, how to structure that to keep the cost as low as possible and get the best benefit out of that. So when you're talking in terms of human capital and investing in an in individual to do work that you need to have done, there are costs associated with, with that whichever way you go. In an employment relationship, and, and we'll probably get into a little bit more of some of the technical aspects of how a worker is classified, but if they are classified or they are an employee of the company, then you know there are certain costs associated with that. You have employment taxes, uh, Social Security taxes, Medicare primarily, but you have unemployment insurance that has to be purchased. You have workers' compensation uh, coverage for that employee as well. And in addition to that, you may have a health insurance cost that you may have to, to carry, um, depending on what you are doing elsewhere in the business. And then also what comes into play is, is retirement plan compensation that, that may have to include that employee if you already have a plan in place that you would then would have to incorporate an employee into that plan. So that's a you know you're you're taking a big leap when you bring an employee on because of those additional costs the alternative of course is to be able to structure it as a contract relationship and in that situation you're not obligated to pay and wouldn't pay the employment taxes associated with that those uh, social security medicare taxes become a self-employment tax on the contract individual um, and workers comp things like that become a responsibility of that contract individual as well and you know, as I mentioned health insurance retirement plans things like that employee benefits also become a burden of, of that uh, that individual of course the trade-off there is the lack of control and again that's one of the key elements of determining whether uh, uh, how you classify an individual because it's not a matter of just whether you call them an employee you can't just decide mm -hmm. this person's going to be an employee and that person's going to be an independent contractor it depends on how they're being treated how they do their work what the level of control you have as an employer over that individual as to how that that happens and again if they're truly an independent contractor you know that that name is there for a reason independent then of course as the employer or as the um, the company you don't have as much control over what they do and of course that may impact the return on investment of the work that they do for you potentially what crosses the line because clearly from a financial standpoint independent contractor for a small business would be the least expensive way to go but as you said the uh you know assuming that the the person is working and does the same performance um uh on either, however they're classified but what is the tipping point for okay you have been an independent contractor but you just told me to do this in this way so i now am classified as an employee 
if it were only that easy, that <laughs> there was an actual uh, tipping point or, or kind of red line test for, for that. But this is probably one of the most written about, talked about, you know, discussed topics because there really is no, no, you know, red line, bright line test to separate. So used to be there was a, a um, in kind of old regulations, a 20-factor a test, if, if you can imagine that, where you would kind of go through this list and uh, of the 20 and, and you could kind of, okay, if I've got 11 out of the 20 going one way, then that's the direction that it goes. That's kind of been whittled down in recent years to about six factors that wage an hour, and that's kind of where you would run awry and, and, and have difficulties is, is a challenge from the Department of Labor's wage an hour division. That's, that's where this would become a, a, a factor or an issue that you would, as a business owner, you'd be concerned about. So, you know, it ends up looking at six factors. Principally, it kind of whittles down to a, a matter of control, and I mentioned that before, and it's you know, really looking at who's got control over the the work life of of this individual. Are they in control when they do the work? Um, how they do it? What tools they use to do the work? And probably the other key element would be who has the risk of loss. So are they being paid on an hourly basis, like an employee would be paid? or and where there really isn't any risk for them, you know, or are they being paid on a project basis essentially for the delivery of a service or a product uh, that at the end if it's if it takes them twice as long to do the risk of loss that additional investment is on the independent contractor not on the business that's paying that bill. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, again, if I were to kind of whittle it down into those, into more basic terms, that's kind of what it comes down to. And there really isn't, it becomes a facts and circumstances. It's, as I said before, you know, just because you call somebody an employee doesn't mean that wage an hour is going to buy into that. Just because you, you know, even, you know, some companies will actually draft up or have an attorney draft for them a a independent contractor contract, an actual physical contract for them to sign, just because you do that doesn't exempt you from scrutiny from wage and hour. And just to maybe highlight that of how that might occur, you know, uh, your, your your listeners might be thinking, well, you know, what, what are the, what's the opportunity or, or likelihood that I'm going to get audited or anyone's going to, to pay attention to, to my little business and what I'm doing, paying employees or contractors. But where we see this rear its ugly head is the situation where either you have an employee injured on the job, or mm-hmm. I shouldn't say an, an employee, but the, the real risk is if you're if you have an independent contractor, you've been paying them as a contractor, but a wage an hour decides that they should be an employee because you have the potential mm-hmm. for, for all those additional costs. But the situation would come if an independent contractor or someone you've been paying as an independent contractor gets injured on the job, believes he's a, uh, an employee, <laughs> um, 
doesn't really understand, you know, the structure and how the, the rules all work and all that stuff and goes forward and files a claim with the Bureau of Workers' Compensation and they respond back that, well, you know, you're not covered because the company has never filed any workers' compensation insurance forms and, and listed you as an employee. And so based on that, all of a sudden um, the, the flag goes up at the Bureau of Workers' Compensation. They come in, audit the company, and, and then do their work to kind of figure out whether you've classified that employee properly. And and actually the, the area where it might even be more common is where you have an, somebody that you've been treating as an independent contractor and you terminate that relationship mm-hmm. and they believe themselves to be a regular employee because they've, you know, they come to work every day and do what you tell them to do and all that stuff. You sever the relationship, in essence, firing them, and they file for unemployment through the state mm-hmm. unemployment agency. That's probably the most common area where we see a challenge occur for wage and hour. And and the ramifications are, are pretty staggering, depending on the length of time that that individual might have been an employee or been working for you. Those can be significant costs. Um, the FICA uh, Medicare costs are between the employee and employer. Share of that is uh, 13.5%, 15%. Uh, the unemployment is another three or four percent on top of that, uh, and workers' comp can be anywhere from three to five percent, and even higher depending on the industry that you're involved with. Is that of the total amount of money they've made? Yeah, that's of their way of what they've been paid of their wages over the and, entire and history of time. That's that right, and wow. and of course, yeah, and of course depending on how long, how far that history is, you've got penalties and interest that would accrue. Yep, yep. Um, so, you know, you could ultimately be looking at, uh, you know, probably 30 to 40% of the amount of money that you've paid that individual could potentially come at you as a, as a penalty or, or interest charge. Um, and, well, tax penalty and interest mm-hmm. charge on all of that. So nothing to sneeze at, certainly. No. Uh, no. A significant factor. And, you know, again, the other thing to keep in mind from an investment perspective is when you're hiring somebody or paying them as an independent contractor, that independent contractor has a certain has certain costs that they have to absorb themselves, in those payroll tax costs, most notably the self-employment tax. So you are likely or have likely been paying that individual more as an hourly rate, if you will, than you would an employee because of those costs that they're bearing instead of you. So you have the potential if you don't classify them properly or haven't, you know, Crossed your T's, dotted your I's. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm could be in a situation where you've, you know, you're really getting double hit because you've been paying a higher wage amount, in essence, to that independent contractor, and then you're getting tagged with the additional employee costs that you would have had had they been an employee. So, um, kind of a double whammy there. Double whammy, and my gosh, you just explained this so clearly with the details. I love it in such a a short amount of time, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Is there anything else as it relates to independent contractors versus employees that you want to mention? 
I don't think so. You know, again, the emphasis really is on making sure that it is more than just a a theoretical exercise. Um, so it's not so much to be able to say that the the individual could control when they, for instance, you know, if, if the, the main control issue or what you're hanging your hat on is, hey, you know, they can come and go as they please. They can do the, the work whenever they want to. I'm not telling them when they need to be there. But in practice, you know, so that's kind of the theoretical that, yeah, they could do that. But in practice, you're actually saying, hey, you need to be here on this day and this day and this day. You're setting up all of the arrangements. So, you know, put it in the context of, uh, of real estate and construction. So you've got uh, a carpenter that uh, that you use and he you know he may only work for you and that's okay you can still he can still be an independent contractor in that situation but he doesn't do any of the bidding he doesn't have any direct relationship with any of the um the jobs that you send him to you're making all of the scheduling you set all of that up and you send him out there you, you know at the beginning of the week or day or month or whatever you say joe you got to go this address and, and do this job here. Um, you got to do this one the next day, this one the next day. Even though technically, you know, your arrangement is he could te- technically, theoretically come and go as he pleases, do it whenever. In practice, you're actually directing him and, and have control over his day and his schedule. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, kind of a a risk anyway, a pitfall that uh, you want to pay attention to, that it's not so much, you know, how it might work. It's how, you know, the, the IRS and mm-hmm. Department of Labor, they're going to look at what's actually been happening in practice. And, of course, they're going to find that out through interviewing the employee. And, and again, you have to put yourself in the mindset that this is, if it's going to be an issue, it's going to be an adversarial situation between you and or where it's likely to come up is where you know right now yeah you wouldn't think that your employee or your independent contractor is going to say anything detrimental to your relationship but the likely scenario is this is going to be an adversarial situation where you've terminated your relationship with that individual and that's why this is coming up so put yourself in that mindset you have enough to to make the make the case based on what's actually happened, knowing that that individual independent contractor that you've had is not going to be friendly towards you at the time of at uh, the day of reckoning here. Well, I have been taking so many notes and really grateful that you shared your insight with us. You know, the differences in according to my notes and based on what you're saying, the main difference is that uh, from a financial standpoint, independent contractors cheaper, but you've got to make sure that the uh, you, the six factors that you said are taken into account and paid attention to, and that who cares what you call it with them, it's actually what's happening in practice. That's what matters. And as you said, the ramifications can be staggering up to 30% uh, plus or minus of the amount that you paid them over time, you know, factoring in all those different costs. And you mentioned a couple key things. Uh, One is who has control over the work life of the individual and then also who has the risk of loss. And uh, many 
I'm, many other topic or many other kind of sub bullet points I imagine that can go into this. Uh, but thank you so much for breaking this down uh, so clearly for us. And how can the best ever listeners uh, get a hold of you and, and uh, learn more? Uh, well, yeah, great, um, and, and certainly would, would welcome any of that. Um, um, but they can reach me at uh, uh, my office uh, here. Um, my, my direct number uh, is 513-583-4041. Um, they can certainly check out uh, uh, Flagel Huber Flagel at our website, fhf-cpa.com. My personal email, they can reach me at rkuvin at fhf-cpa.com. Uh, and certainly would, like I said, welcome to uh, welcome your listeners to to give me a call if you've got questions, specific uh, items, questions. Um, you know, first hour of my time is off the clock. Um, you know, certainly for your best effort, listeners, happy to meet with them or, or talk to them about issues that are of concern, and, and we can take it from there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. I hope you have a best ever weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Terrific. Appreciate it, Joe. Thank you. My friend Michael Blanc has an ebook that you'll want to download. It's called The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your Next Apartment Building. If you're interested in getting started with apartment buildings but don't have the cash or credit to do it yourself, then this ebook's for you and it's free. Text the word secret, S E C R E T, to the number 38470. That's secret and text it to 38470.